Welcome back to your haunted holiday. This is Lindsay and this is Lisa and we have another mixed up episode for everybody. So I am covering a place that we've actually been to. I'm pretty excited about this one because there is a ton of history and really lots of death here. I know exactly where this is, Lindsay. We've actually been there on a trip that we took last fall. And I say lots of death and there definitely was, but I should say more like potential for probable lots of death here. This is your haunted holiday at the Castillo de San Marcos in St. Augustine, Florida. Okay, Lisa. So ultimately, you know, we have been here. We actually made a stop last. It was September. It was shortly after our time visiting the St. Augustine Lighthouse while we were staying in the St. Francis Inn. It was me, you, Megan, who was on the trip with us. And, you know, we cannot go to St. Augustine without making a stop at the Castillo de San Marcos. No, I mean, it's a huge structure there right on the edge of town. Like you cannot miss it. And it's just got so much history behind it. You got to just stop in, even if it's brief. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it stands for St. Mark's Castle in Spanish. And of course, you know, the Spanish were the ones that, you know, went to Florida. It was, you know, Florida was kind of owned by Spain for a while. So that's why we've got the Castillo. And construction began of this particular building in 1672 and they started it after a raid that occurred back in 1668 by an English pirate really it was the English but the English pirate ran the raid and he was pirate Robert Searle and during that raid in 1668 they destroyed a ton of St. Augustine just in general the city there was also some old wooden structures there that was a previous fort where the Castillo stands today And so they realized, you know, this wood is just not working. This is just not standing up to our enemies. And they're basically burning the whole city down. So they actually, when they started building in 1672, they actually made it of stone called Coquina. I always want to say Coquina, (laughs) (laughs) which stands for small shells. And if you've ever been in St. Augustine or Florida where they have this particular type of stone, it is a really strong, sturdy stone that stands today and it's actually it looks like it's made of a bunch of tiny little shells it's really cool and it's super strong material it's actually all over saint augustine so if you're walking around notice a lot of their really older structures are made of this material which is kind of cool i also think that the coquina you know might even you know we talk about limestone we talk about different stone being able to bring energy and spirits i mean who knows i feel like if anything's going to draw spirits it's coquina i don't know Lindsay. it's like a bunch of little shells like compact together it's just like this really sturdy stone that was made so i mean maybe i'm open to anything i mean we have said other stones do attract ghosts but i also think any city where there's how do you say it coquina cocaina i don't know (laughs) It's, it's old. Okay. It's old AF, which also equals ghosts. Agree. Agree. And I mean, of course they had, you know, strategically placed, you know, kind of towers within the, the building structure, you know, where they could have cannons 
set up to fire on anyone coming on. They also, you know, made sure the front that was not facing the sea was uphill. And they also even had a moat that was not filled most of the time, but they could fill it up with seawater if they needed to in order to kind of slow the enemy down, which is kind of cool. It's really cool to walk into a fort and it's like there's a moat clearly there. Yes. I mean, moats were really in use. That's one thing I know when we went to Europe like years ago, that was really cool. Is like, these aren't just the things of movies. Like these were actually used to thwart attacks. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And so the primary building was actually completed in 1695. I was reading a little bit. There were a lot of people that worked on it. Apparently some people died while doing the construction. It's really hot, muggy weather, disease. I mean, gosh, they were working on this thing for over 20 years. People passed away while doing the building and the construction of this. So 1695, finally completed, but it would see changes throughout the years. And I'll talk through some of the changed hands among different countries, you know, over the many years that it's been around. And so some of those countries came in and added some stuff, fortified it a little bit better. So it's seen some changes. Back in 1702, there was a siege at the fort. There were multiple sieges, actually. There's two primary ones that occurred at the fort. The first one was in 1702, and this was by English colonials, specifically uh, the, the governor of Carolina named James Moore. This is about two months long, and imagine this. The the English are you know coming to attack St. Augustine, right? They take all of the, the people that live there in the town and they all crammed together in this fort which i mean it's a large structure but it's not that big okay there were over 1500 people they believe all crammed together in this fort for over two months while they were under siege trying to defend the city two months crammed in there i've been in there and yes this is a big place but a lot of it's like open area it's hot there's there's not many like private areas there like and now I guarantee there ain't no plumbing I mean we all know how important that is on this program right I mean <laughs> it sounds like a nightmare yeah think about that I mean there were buckets I'm sure of it luckily the ocean is right there and they can throw those buckets right over the, the walls but yeah I mean if you know this building there's really like four it seems like four main points on the outside you've got a really tall wall that is multiple stories and the center is open air you know um, the real structure is on the outskirts so you know yeah this this is a lot of people in this small area really um, and imagine all the food, you know, that they have to get through. I mean, it must have been extremely difficult times. The good news for the Castillo is that the Coquina really holds up well against cannon fire. Turns out it's pretty impressive stone. And what this guy, this governor from Carolina didn't realize is he couldn't bust through this stuff. He was shocked, I think you know, by this. He wasn't able to actually take the, the fort down. He wasn't able to get into the fort. And so eventually they were able to hold him off long enough to where a Spanish fleet of ships showed up, saved them. They were able to exit. So the fort held up and St. Augustine did not get taken over by the British in that instance. So the Coquina saved the day. It saved it. Yeah. And it saved it another time in 1740. So this is like, you know, you got to think about 
you know, people, ancestors going back in my day, back in 1702, we all sieged up. We all held up in this, in this fort <laughs> because in 1740, guess what? They had to do it again. Ugh. The whole town had to go back in the Castillo and they had to hide and wait there for the siege to end. And guess who went to attack this, this town of St. Augustine? James Oglethorpe, the governor of Georgia did this. Yeah. The guy that's all over Savannah and stuff yeah. too. Good old James Oglethorpe. Yeah, he's a major figure in Georgia. That's fascinating because I feel like we've covered a lot of places where Oglethorpe is some sort of figure in there. Absolutely. We talk a lot about him anytime we do a Georgia or mainly it's Savannah episode. So we talk about Oglethorpe. And, you know, there were actually, they say around 300 soldiers, up to 1,300 civilians that were held up again in the fort and this time though about half the time it was only about 27 days that the siege occurred cannon fire again not breaking down these coquina walls and you know so oglethorpe decided i'm gonna try to starve them out i'm gonna try to stop their food supply from getting in they're gonna have to get out of this fort the folks that were there figured out a back way to get food in so they were still getting food oglethorpe decided this is just not worth my while. I can't break down these walls, these coquito walls, and they're somehow getting food. So, you know, very long story short, he retreats and leaves and they survive yet another attempt to siege St. Augustine. I feel like we need to build more stuff out of this material. They need to get some more coquina out there. <laughs> no Where? doubt about it. Where can we get this? Now, moving forward, they survived this. In 1763, the British actually did take over the fort. They actually took over the area as an agreement from the Treaty of Paris. Um, so this was a peaceful takeover. They didn't win it by siege. And they actually used it as a military prison during the American Revolution. So just think about this siege. I mean, they're, they're firing cannons, even a military prison here. You know there is death. I do not have numbers to tell you how many people died during these past two sieges, or even the stuff that happened before, just on the land, because we know issues occurred on the land. So there's already, I'm sure, lots of death occurring here. Absolutely. And think about the number of people jam-packed in there for months on end. Like, I'm confident there was disease. There was people that couldn't get medical treatment, like people- No air conditioning. It's right. It's St. Augustine. It's hot. Absolutely. In 1784, Spain takes back control of the fort, another peaceful agreement that occurs. I think it was shortly after the revolution. That's part of the reason for that. And then ultimately Spain signs Florida back over to the U.S. in 1821, or I guess to the U.S. for the first time in 1821. And they renamed it to be Fort Marion, which was named after a revolutionary war hero. So it became Fort Marion uh, when the U.S. first took over the fort and the u.s also used it as a military prison many members of native american tribes are actually locked up there at the prison and in fact i won't go into all the detail about all of the different native americans that were there over the years but there were many that were actually in prison there over many years and in fact there was even word of an escape that occurred later in the 1800s kind of a big news story there um, but the big one is there was a seminal war chief named Osceola and he was there when he arrived he was already 
fairly sick, not feeling well. He had some other, like some, I don't know all of the issues, but he had some serious illness. He became friends with a doctor that was trying to treat his illness while he was in prison there. He ultimately died. Legend has it that this doctor actually cut his head off after his death in order to keep the head of this war chief, Osceola. And he was going to use it for like some medical experiments or purposes, but apparently he had it around his house kind of as a trophy. Really awful and disgusting. Oh my gosh. Disgusting. Who would do that? I I mean, mean, he's begging to be haunted. That's for sure. Well, guess what? Spoiler alert. You're always the one giving out the spoiler alerts. Osceola might still be around the Castillo. Moving along with our history timeline, back in 1924, the Castillo became a national monument officially, and it's now part of the U.S. National Park Services. They they brought it back to its original name, so it was no longer Fort Marion. Now it's called the Castillo again, Castillo de San Marcos. Really, a lot of history of imprisonment through military. A lot of Native Americans would actually die in the fort through imprisonment. They also say that some groups that died uh, throughout the years actually were buried right there on the grounds, on the land towards the ocean. So it's really a massive graveyard, this entire castle. Technically, probably a lot more burials all around the grounds when we really look at it. Wow. This is Lisa, and are you ready to embark on the adventure of a lifetime? You've heard me delve into the world of haunted travel, exploring eerie locations, and uncovering spine-chilling tales. And now I'm thrilled to announce the launch of something very special to me, which is my own travel agency, brought to you by Your Haunted Holiday. As our listeners know, I'm not just passionate about haunted travel, I live and breathe it. From researching the most haunted destinations to planning unforgettable journeys, I'm here to make your travel dreams a reality. Whether you're seeking the thrill of a haunted location or craving a getaway to somewhere a little less spine tingling, I've got you covered. And here's the best part, my services are absolutely free. Let me put my travel skills to good use by helping you plan the perfect escape. Simply visit yourhauntedholiday.com and click on the Travel Agency by Lisa link at the top of the page in the menu. So where will your next adventure take you? Let's make it a journey you'll never forget. Contact Your Haunted Holiday Travel Agency today and let's start planning. Your adventure awaits. So hauntings. I mean, this place is old and lots of history, lots of tragedy, all kinds of violence that occurred here. Maybe not even death from violence, all kinds of things. There's so much potential for ghosts. And there are a lot of stories of people experiencing ghosts. And one of the things that I did when I was researching this episode is I went back and I watched the good old ghost adventures episode on this location. It's one of the older episodes, like season two. And it was highly entertaining. It's highly entertaining, super funny because they're just so serious. We're at the Castillo de San Marcos. (laughs) They get real serious. 
and it was just funny. I mean, they had ghosts creeping up on them, touching them, all kinds of things. You know, they did hear a scream at one point, kind of interesting. But in general, outside of what the Ghost Adventures folks experienced, you know, people see shadows. A lot of times uh, they report a shadow of a man walking back and forth over the drawbridge, uh, over the moat, and just in general patrolling the area. Some people say they've seen full body apparitions actually in guard outfit, actually standing up. We're in kind of the areas on the edges of the top floor there of the Castillo, still guarding the Castillo. For me, sounds very residual. Some of these hauntings with the shadows and some of the full body apparition guards still really patrolling the grounds. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine there's got to be a lot of kind of general activity like that. We did walk around it a little bit at night just because, I mean, it's right there. Like you go to have drinks and then you cross the street and there's the the fort. So we, of course, it was night. We were like, "Mm, let's just make sure we're not seeing any figures up there, you know, along that line. We did not see anything, though. Exactly. Yeah, we actually went shortly after we finished. I want to say we went after the lighthouse. Uh, When we were done at the the St. Augustine Lighthouse, we stopped by briefly, walked up to the fort, kind of walked around a little bit, hoping to see something interesting. Um, But you can't get into the fort at night, and I'll get into how you can visit, and there there are hours of operation and all that kind of stuff. But then the next day, we actually went and did an actual tour. Um, We went into the, the Castillo during the day. But yeah, we were looking for shadows or guards, you know, up there on the walls. Didn't see anything, unfortunately. I read another story that was kind of interesting. And this is supposedly, this is a legend. A guy is there and he smells this like kind of flowery scent. And then he notices that one of the walls is kind of, you know, hollow. Like it seems like there's something on the other side of that. It doesn't seem so solid. And so he starts taking down some of the bricks and what he finds is on the other side, what is today actually the dungeon. And if you go there, you can see that you have to actually crawl to it. It only has a small opening. So I think there's maybe some truth that this was blocked, bricked off and then later identified as the dungeon. And so they say that he uncovers this hidden room and there were two skeletons of a man and a woman still chained up to the walls, apparently they believe left there to die a long slow horrible death bricked up in the dungeon they they say that one of the the people who died there was a woman and they think it's some sort of like i don't know the the legend is weird because it might be like some sort of love story gone wrong some jealous lover you know locked her and her you know lover up and that's where they think the perfume comes from is her Mm -hmm. so a lot of people claim that they smell like a flowery perfume and even just a feeling of being watched when she's around they really think it's the woman who was chained up to the wall there in the dungeon and they also see a woman apparition in a white dress that that they all think maybe is that same woman although it really could be anybody but they notice a lot of this activity right around that dungeon where those bones were found. That's interesting. I remember when we were there, there was an area that you could crawl into and that must be the same same area, but that would be an absolutely horrible way to go. Imagine being bricked up, like you just know it's gonna end and you're gonna be miserable. I know, how horrible. And, and the other thing that people hear are screams and some people say it's that man and woman that were in the dungeon. If you hear screaming, they 
think it was from them dying slowly. Really tragic. Yeah, really dark. Okay, so past that story, some other things that people will see are they'll sometimes report seeing light shining from the watchtower, even though, of course, there's no electricity. And usually they see this when there's like a storm or bad weather, kind of interesting. People also report seeing flashes come out of some of the cannons that are still there on the grounds. Oh, so that would be very much like a residual energy. That is interesting. Okay. Really cool. Yeah. I mean, the other thing would be the feeling of being touched. This especially happens in the dungeon. People will feel like a cold hand, you know, touch them. That can certainly happen. Okay. Last interesting story that I have. Remember Osceola, that chief uh, that I told you about, that Native American who died there and unfortunately had his head removed. Well, some people say that you can see an orb moving throughout. It's like a, a, a fairly large round orb of light moving around. And some people say it is his head floating around the Castillo. That's what I was going to ask. Is it supposed to be his head? I mean, how big is this orb, Lindsay? Is they it the report, size of a head? They report it's like the size of a head that, yeah, you can absolutely see Osceola's head kind of gliding around the Castillo. Some witnesses also say that they see a apparition of a headless man. Oh, so it's like, I wonder if it's two different spirit. It's like the same spirit, but disconnected. I don't know. Maybe we need to figure out how to connect them. That's the, you know, the mystery. And I don't know. It's really interesting, right? I mean, people could have died many ways through here, right? And this Osceola guy, you know, he was a chief. He was, he would have been, you know, a popular person. And he definitely sounds like lost his head there. It sounds like the makings of a horror movie, Lindsay. (laughs) It really does. I mean, this place really is a, a graveyard at the end of the day. There is so much history here, a lot of death, lots of tragedy. It has all the makings for some hauntings. So how can you go visit the Castillo de San Marcos? I will say it is absolutely worth a visit. You don't need to stay for a super long time, but it is in general, just a beautiful area. Lisa and I and Megan, when we all went to the Castillo, when we were walking up in the ocean, we literally saw dolphins breaching the water. I mean, really cool to to just walk up there. The weather was really hot, but it was sunny and really nice. So we were able to walk around and and really explore the Castillo. We did see the dungeon area. I mean, and they have all the rooms marked uh, and they usually have like a little bit of history there um, on some, you know, boards. So you can read a little bit more about the Castillo. Even if you're there not to see ghosts, it's a great sightseeing location. You learn tons of history just from kind of seeing the different areas and the information that they have provided. But also it's great views. So like you said, like it is right on the ocean. We saw dolphins, it was beautiful. Then you turn the other way and there's the city of St. Augustine. So just go there for the views. It's not that expensive. It's worth a quick stop. Absolutely worth it. You know, even if you're walking by, it's cool to just see the outside, walk up to it, check it out. Go check out those fortified coquina walls. (laughs) I tell you what, those strong walls. 
So it is currently, like I said, it's owned by the National Park Service. They are open seven days a week. The only times that they're not open are like major holidays. I saw, I think Thanksgiving and Christmas were the two big ones. They do also say their busiest times are around the holidays. It makes sense. People are traveling. People have school off and stuff like that. So if you're, if you're going, you know, maybe try to pick a less busy time. Their website does offer you some ideas on when their busiest times are because they can only let so many people in the castle at one time. Um, that's the one restriction that they really have is, you know, they can only let, it's like 300 and some people in the building at once. So they have to wait for people to leave before they admit more people in if you're there on a really busy day. And you can buy your tickets in advance on the website as well, I believe. And so they're open seven days a week, 9 a.m. to 5.15 p.m. is when everyone needs to be out. So definitely get there before 5.15 p.m. You need to leave the Castillo before then. And adults 16 and up uh, is only $15 to enter the Castillo and walk around. And children 15 and under are totally free. Nice. And it's a national park. So if you have a lot of people have those like kind of national park, I don't know what they are like subscriptions or, Uh you know, whatever. So you can get discounts on that as well. I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. If you go on the website, they also talk about, you know, season passes for national park services. There's even like military veteran senior discounts, that kind of stuff that you can get into to, to visit the national parks. But ultimately this is a really really affordable cool thing to go check out absolutely worth it you might see who was it osceola's head or body wandering around there that would be quite the sight to see this was worth it we weren't there for long but it was enough time to to gain a lot of the history and sweat bring water with you it gets really hot in saint augustine i know we said that but particularly this fort was extremely hot uh So make sure you come prepared, bring some water, maybe a hat, a cool towel, because it it can get really warm, especially when you're kind of in the upstairs area where they have all the cannons and and stuff like that. But definitely go to the Castillo de San Marcos when you are in St. Augustine. It is St. Augustine in general, just an amazing trip. But we want to thank all of our listeners for listening to the show. We appreciate all of you so much. If you want, we have some different social media pages. We're pretty active on Facebook and Instagram. If you're listening on an Apple device, please rate us five stars in Apple Podcasts. It helps people find our show. And don't forget to tell your friends and family who might be interested in something paranormal. That's really how our show continues to grow. Thank you, everybody, and have a wonderful week. Stay safe and healthy.